I'm Sanya Malik. And I'm Tefra Jemian. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! This week, we're talking about Queens of Geek, a novel by Jen Wilde. Queens of Geek is a novel which follows three teenagers, three friends at a convention. Um, There are two love stories concurrently running. One of them is a love story between a girl and a boy. One of them is a love story between a girl and a girl. Um, There's an established bi character, which is why we read this for Bisexual Week. Um, I think it handled like talking about bisexuality and biphobia really really well it's really fun it's very convention it's very fanfic it's very geeky and it's also just a really like a couple of really fun cute love stories that come from different angles and have different contexts i think the author is australian because all the characters are australian so i'm just assuming i really liked it sandy Mm -hmm. what did you think i really liked it too Um, to be honest, I at first was like, oh, am I really going to like reading something about like geek and fandom and stuff like that? And at first I didn't really enjoy it just because I was so focused on how much I was probably going to hate it. And then I got out of that mindset and I started reading it. And I feel like it was actually a really, really good book. Um, The story was super cute, kind of light and fluffy, but definitely dealt with like serious themes like biphobia uh, homophobia mm-hmm. um and i really liked the author's kind of tact of using different characters to represent different things i thought it was really impressive that only one person wrote this book yeah yeah from the diff- because of the because different there's voices so many, yeah there's together. so many different voices mm-hmm. and and it was done in a really like organized way where it wasn't like overlapping each other it wasn't messy it was literally just two love stories happening at the same time without like confusing the reader as to like I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like when I'm reading a book with two perspectives, I feel like sometimes the author kind of, like, makes the mistake of um, attributing some qualities to one character, but then in the next chapter, the same, the other character will have similar qualities, but they didn't have before, and it's like the author forgot to, like, jump out of that mm-hmm. body as they were writing about it. But with this book, I felt like the author did a really good job. Um, I was really impressed. I yeah, I, I agree with you that the two voices like were were quite distinct. The personalities were quite distinct. She did a really good job of of writing characters who felt like different people mm-hmm. and had um, different sets of issues. <laughs> um, I also liked that with not Charlie but Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, with Taylor's storyline, Taylor is on the autism spectrum, and that is not disclosed till the very end of the book. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that 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 um, she's sort of building Taylor's experience, but Taylor discloses her information to the readers with the same hesitancy that she might to a friend. Mm-hmm. Like there are little details like that that I really appreciated that we get to know the character first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before sort of putting a, a label or expectations on her. Um, I really like the amount of representation mm-hmm. in this book. It's, uh, as mentioned before, like Taylor's neurodivergent. She's also fat, which I really liked. I loved seeing a chubby girl getting a like 
really nice romance mm-hmm. with a totally gorgeous guy. Like, it was just really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her boyfriend, oh, what's his name? James? Jamie? Jamie. Jamie um, is Hispanic, and Charlie is Chinese-Australian, and there's just, like, a lot of different kinds of diversity in yeah. it that I liked a lot and that I appreciated a lot. I think one of my favorite parts of the book or my favorite like part about the book in general I think was like how the different forms anxiety can take mm-hmm. is like really shown throughout the book. So we have like Charlie who's a vlogger and a YouTuber and she's in a new film so she's a bit like almost famous kind mm-hmm. of um and yet she still has so many experiences like on a daily where she's super anxious mm-hmm. she's like overthinking everything she wants to hide her new relationship with um, a, a fellow actress named Alyssa, not because she's afraid of coming out, but because she's afraid of the public eye. Yeah. So I feel like in that sense, anxiety is kind of like demonstrated in this way where it's, it wasn't something I could relate to because I'm not famous, not no one really <laughs> knows me, but it's still really valid and important to talk about how famous people might actually be feeling this way too, you know? Um like not having a sense of a private life yeah must be really awful whereas with taylor we see this like really quiet person who is let's face it like awkward goofy kind of but on tumblr she has like a bazillion followers Mm -hmm. and she's like this huge popular person behind the screen and it was really interesting to read her thoughts because it was so like relatable she is uh she suffers from anxiety disorder but the way that she'll like describe it i was like wow this is i i don't suffer from anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. but of course like i experience anxiety too i think it's only human too but the way that that was explained was very spot on i think i also really loved that how taylor's anxiety disorder really was disclosed is when she's helping someone else having an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. that felt so empowering that it wasn't disclosed to us by her having an anxiety attack although she did later in the book but the first time it comes up is she finds Mm -hmm. somebody else having an anxiety attack in the bathroom and helps her through it and that's how we learn that taylor also has this i just think all of the like Everything is written with a lot of tact and a lot of respect mm-hmm. in a way that I appreciated quite a lot. Yeah. Also, Taylor was very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this part where I think um, it's her friend that she meets at this convention named Brianna, and she's having a panic attack for the first time, and Taylor is trying to comfort her and calm her down. And then um, she thinks to herself, like, what should she do in this moment? Should she bring up how she also has... Uh, moments like this or should she just try to help her either way she she says to herself i don't want to make this about myself like i don't want her to think i'm making it about myself and i was like oh my gosh self-awareness because in my head i was thinking like oh my gosh it might come across as that you know but then she stops herself from that and i don't really see that in books i feel like obviously we're reading characters and it's their perspective and all obviously all they do is think about themselves and talk about themselves but it was nice to see that not happening for yeah. once. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, like, cool. Yeah. Now, before we started recording, you were bringing up the fanfic aspect, mm, yeah. which I was appreciating because I'm not familiar with fanfic, and you are. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tefer, I'm, like, shocked that you don't know, like, Wattpad. I'm the person who should, right? Have like, you ever like, heard of it? I, I have. So once you reminded me what it okay. was, it's like, yeah, I've been on it once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I'm not super familiar right. with it as a forum. Enough that when you brought up Wattpad, I was like, what's that? <laughs> I think just like, I'm... No, I was going to say I'm just old enough that maybe it's... But no, it's mm-hmm. just that I, I didn't really get into fanfic when yeah. I was younger. Um, so I was I telling... Yeah, yeah, no. I was telling Tuffer that um, I thought at first when I was reading the book that I kind of read like a Wattpad uh, story. And then later on, I found out that the author was actually famous on Wattpad before like she started publishing books. But yeah, Wattpad was a very dark period in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this really cool like online thingy where anybody can write a story and gain following based on like whether or not the story is good, what it's about. To be honest, most of the stories I read on there were horrible, like horribly written, didn't make any sense, but they would be about like Harry Styles. So obviously they would have like a huge following. Wait, Sanya? Yes. Was Harry Styles your fandom? Oh my god, yes, I was a One Directioner. I love that. I'm so regretful of that. Did you have any <laughs> other fandoms or were you just going on Wattpad for Harry no, Styles fanfic? It wasn't even Harry Styles, it was Zane. Okay, no, you know what? Brown, I can understand and I was like, that. Oh my god, he's brown like me. <laughs> he's also he's also dreamy. I can I support hate them this. All. I hate them all. No, I'm kidding. That's just me being bitter that they broke up. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was obsessed with Wattpad. I like for almost a year or two years, that's the only thing I ever read. I didn't read books. I just read fanfic. And I think that's part of the reason why (laughs) I'm the way I am. (laughs) Like I can't structure sentences (laughs) properly because I'm so used to like, like, sentences that don't make sense <laughs> anyways but it, i mean i do think that's interesting though because i know that at yafest not this past yafest but the one before um i remember encountering a lot of authors who started out as fanfic writers mm-hmm. and some with books that started out as fanfic and some with books that didn't mm-hmm. but uh but who sort of got used to writing on Wattpad or other fanfic forums because it's a place where you can experiment mm-hmm. without too much pressure, without too much stress. You can kind of just write your story and put it out yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, it's a very no judgment zone, mm-hmm. almost too non judgmental. Like sometimes I'd see weird story yeah. plots and I was like, who was allowing this? Um, but yeah, I felt like that same vibe reading this book, kind of like non-judgmental, quirky, weird, accepted, celebrated. Um, it reminded me of Yafest in that sense, where yeah. I felt like everyone was really accepted and different and weird, and it was good to be weird. Yeah, and even in this book, I kind of I, fe- I felt that vibe. That's why yeah. I initially thought it was like a Wattpad type yeah. of story, and I'm glad I was right. <laughs> now, have you gone to many conventions? I have not. Okay. But I feel like this is the vibe. Yeah. So, I mean, I've only gone to PodCon. Mm. RIP. We found out PodCon is no more. (gasps) Alas. I'm very bummed about this. I did not know that. Yeah. They just announced that it's like the model hasn't been financially viable and they need to kind of rethink, you know, how if they're going to make it happen, which I'm really bummed about because PodCon really was like highlight of the year the last two years we went and so I really did like PodCon has been a relatively small con compared to say like Comic-Con or something like that that's like tens of thousands of people I think uh PodCon was more like thousands just barely plural um but there was something about that feel of just kind of the freedom the safe space the like ability to just be who you are and and have your like suddenly 
my brain is just going to <laughs> comic drag, which is not actually the word for that. Cosplay? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> what the hell was that? Where you could just wear your comic drag. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were gonna drag comics. Like no, no. <laughs> I was like, wait, you hate them? No. Oh god. Couldn't remember the word for cosplay. Oh, that's funny. Um, anyway, and there's something really nice about sort of being around these fandoms, especially when they're more niche, which, like, let's face it, most podcasts are kind of niche. Mm. Um, and it, just getting that vibe from the book was really nice, getting yeah. that, um, them having, like, saved up their money to fly from Australia to L.A. for this con. And uh, I think one of my favorite things is how Charlie and Alyssa's relationship like starts out Charlie sees Alyssa and is like oh my god because Alyssa is like her idol on YouTube she is like someone she's followed for years and years and years and she's really shy to even approach her and then Alyssa approaches her and is like oh my god I am such a fan I've been watching your channel for years you're so great and I love that like there is something that happens with these kind of grassroots media like when when anybody can start their podcast or anyone can start their YouTube channel I have less experience with YouTube, which by which I mean no experience with YouTube. But um, there's something so fun about that, about being able to encounter someone and be like, oh, my God, you're my fan, but I'm your fan. Like, what? You've been listening to my media? And there is something like it is even at Yafest or like the occasional times we meet listeners. There's that kind of thrill of like, oh, my God, you actually like... <laughs> listen regularly to this content we put out every week and put a lot of work into <laughs> unbelievable um i really enjoyed that yeah yeah and i do think i mean we've like just bashed fanfic a lot i do want to make it clear that this book is well written oh yeah i have no complaints with the writing also of this i book. love fanfic who am i kidding yeah yeah <laughs> did this book need more zane malik i hate zane malik okay i'm making that clear i hate him for leaving one direction when i bought the ticket to go to the concert. Do you have the same last name because you're married to him? No, I'm pretty sure we're cousins. Okay. I should probably stop loving him. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't Alabama. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I thought that the story was really well written. I think that it could have definitely been more stronger in terms of describing, like, visually. Okay. Because for the longest time, I didn't know how Alyssa looked or how, like, what, if she was white or not white. Okay. Uh, was she white? No, she's um she's brown. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of some kind. Like yeah. I, I de she definitely describes her skin as brown mm -hmm. at some point. And yeah. um and I think at one point they have a conversation where she's where she does say she's black, I think. Yeah. But I see what you mean. I think it could have done I I think it could have been more clear, but right. like again, it shouldn't be like this character is black and then the white character is never named white. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did appreciate that sense of neutrality in the whole thing. Um, but yeah, writing-wise, I thought that the author used the characters really well to, to like convey how everyone was feeling. And um, I especially love like inner monologues yeah. throughout the whole stories. Uh, story. Well, stories, yeah, because there's mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I really hated Reese. Like, I didn't see any saving grace in him. Like, I really hated him. I thought he was garbage, and he was perfect representation of toxic masculinity. I think that is the point of this. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe I could like him or something. Maybe he'd change his mind or, like, just be a better person. But then it just got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, he needs to leave. <laughs> I do think... So, Reese is... 
Charlie's ex-boyfriend. So Charlie right. is um, a vlogger, newly minted actress who just had a movie that did really well. So she's kind of just a breakout actress. Reese was her co-star, is her ex-boyfriend. Charlie is openly bisexual and has been since she was a young teenager, but has never had a girlfriend before. When Reese and Charlie were together, we just get little glimpses of Reese just being a complete asshole the whole time. But the scene that really struck me was when they're talking and bisexuality comes up and he's like, oh, I don't believe in bisexuality. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, well, I'm all for like gay rights and like love who you want and love is love. But like bisexuality isn't real. It just means you're like in between figuring out who you are. And Charlie's like, um you know I'm bi, right? Like, you know, this is how I've identified for, like, a very long time. And he's like, you're with me, though. And he's just like, well, you're with me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And she's like, uh... And he's just like, whatever. Like I said, I'm all for gay rights. And I think kind of one of the points of Reese is that every now and then you think he's redeemable, and he's not. Mm -mm. But I I do really think that's sort of, like, the point of him. Yeah, (laughs) And then, oh, my God, when they get in a big fight and she's like, you've never just, like, respected me. You need to stop, whatever. He generally doesn't think he's being disrespectful. And And then he turns... so accurate. And then he turns around and is like, so, um, do you want to get back together? Because you're really hot. And it's just like... I was literally screaming. And isn't that, like, immediately after he disrespected her and Alyssa? Yeah. Yeah. Like... And, like, no matter what anyone says to him to, like, tone down the disrespect, like, watch what you're saying, he doesn't think it's wrong. Yeah. And I thought that was so spot on. Yeah. Because uh, let me tell you something. I'd be having these conversations, right, with dudes like that, and they genuinely think they're in the right. They don't see the harm in their words. They don't see the harm in their thinking. And I guess that's the whole point of it. It's, It's so deeply ingrained. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. At this point, it's, like, better to just walk away for your own mental health and safety. And that's what she ends up doing. She tells him, okay, so we're not doing this anymore. I am not even doing press with you. Goodbye, good riddance. And he's like, oh. And she's like, peace. And I was like, thank God, because he does not deserve any, like, redeeming moment. He's trash, and that's his purpose (laughs) in the story. (laughs) To show us how often we will encounter trash like that. And it's not worth spending time on them. No, it's it not is not. It's not worth trying to redeem Mm-mm. people like that because that's a them problem, yeah. not a you problem. Exactly. I also really appreciate it. I felt like this is just so real. Like from the beginning of the book, her network is putting, or like producers are putting a lot of pressure on her to pretend that they're getting back together mm-hmm. because there's a fandom for them mm-hmm. as a couple. And she's just like, absolutely not Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna pretend to get back together with him but we can put on a friend front of being like friendly for the cameras like that's something we can do and then it's like everybody's making a big deal about how he's so important for her career and the thing that i find so amazing that is finally disclosed is like he's not even in the sequel he's she's in the sequel he died in the first movie and and that was such a like beautiful moment for me where I was like wait a second she's the star why is everybody acting like he's the star when Mm -hmm. he's clearly like her foil Mm -hmm. and she's the star and I really liked how the author kind of painted sexism within that industry um there's this part where they're answering questions on a panel and everyone is asking um Reese about like his career his acting methods and 
Of course, for Charlie, they're asking her how she stays in perfect shape and her diet and all that yeah. crap. And then she thinks to herself how she so badly wants to be like, don't ask me those questions, but she doesn't want to come across as a bitch. Yeah. And, and that she just word, can't. Yeah, that yeah. word bitch. It's just like, if a girl stands up for herself, that's all she is. Whereas guys act like garbage, hot garbage, and they're not considered jerks or assholes. Yeah. It's just like this double standard. And I mean, it wasn't like a huge part in that story, I think, but it was very significant. Yeah. Um, also, like Charlie's whole like story kind of like reminded me that, you know, famous people are people too, as stupid as that sounds. Like sometimes I forget that, um, but it must be really hard, you know? police apparently didn't like that they're like don't call men trash not all men <laughs> police arrested. sirens are just like not all men <laughs> oh god um but yeah i just absolutely. think uh the whole charlie like Alyssa love story really kind of emphasizes the whole stress about being in under like public eye made me kind of happy i'm not gonna be famous ever it was really, um, so I do want to spend like a lot of time talking about the Charlie and Alyssa story because we're reading this for Pride oh God, Week yes. and like we're talking about bisexuality and there's so much in this book. Like that's the thing with doing a like themed month is like no book is just about the theme. Mm. I guess Two Boys Kissing was pretty much, but that's like a very special book. But yeah, I loved so much about this story. I loved that Charlie has been a really like open and affirmed bisexual for a long time but hasn't dated a girl before and that's just like okay Mm -hmm. and she has some nerves about it but it's like just treated as a totally normal and okay thing which like yes and she's not required to like prove she's bisexual somehow it's just like yes (laughs) like she dates men and also women (gasps) but with the with the fame thing that you were talking about so um, when Charlie and Alyssa get together, and they get together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's a convention. It's a weekend. You have to move pretty fast. Um, Alyssa sets up this, like, super cute date mm-hmm. that's, like, an indoor picnic in an arcade, and it's great. I love that they were also, like, gamer girls unapo- unapologetically, and, like, a big part of their vlogging was, like, that they were game vloggers yeah, rather than, like, makeup artists or something. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was nice. Like, mm-hmm. that was a nice diversity. And so they get together and Charlie is really nervous about their relationship being public because the public, the publicity of her relationship with Reese. Reese, thank you. I was <laughs> we hate thinking, him. I was thinking like Garbage. slain. I don't even know. <laughs> My brain was just like, it's a white boy name. <laughs> her relationship with Reese was like very public and that was really uncomfortable for her and made her feel really trapped in the relationship. And for Alyssa, it's really important to her that their relationship be public because she had a girlfriend in the past who like shied so much away from publicity that it really was like it, it turned out pretty much she was just still closeted and mm-hmm. she didn't um but instead of being honest with Alyssa about that she just was like I just don't want anybody to know ever and I really was sympathizing with Charlie and I was kind of like why is Alyssa pushing her so hard yeah. to be public like I understand charlie wanting to be private i'm pretty private about my own relationships i like don't usually want people to know i'm dating somebody until it's something serious unless it's something casual like i'm fine with those but in the in in the middle it feels very vulnerable Mm -hmm. to disclose it 
Um, but then I love that there was the context with Alyssa of just being like, I've been kind of forced into the closet before and I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. Um, and I just like the honesty of that from both their ends. And then, of course, like they don't get a choice in how public they are, because I hope I really hope Charlie fi- fires her publicist oh for God, that. Yeah. Her publicist uploads a video of them kissing to the Internet by accident. But I I liked the interaction around being public or not being public and kind of the sensitivity on both sides of Mm -hmm. that. Charlie is so nervous about upsetting her fans by not being with Reese anymore. But then, of course, because Alyssa also has a devoted fan base and a lot of their fan base overlaps, like she has all these fans who are so excited that they're together that it... It's sort of like when you really are focusing on the negative thing and you forget to think about the positive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really like a rewarding point in the story to be like, oh, yeah, some people really don't like what I'm doing. But other people are like so thrilled to have this example. And I mean, I don't know, like it's it's so it is encouraging to like have other famous bisexual people in the media like as a bisexual person it's always so encouraging to have celebrities who are really open about their bisexuality and that's how charlie even realizes that maybe Mm -hmm. she's bisexual because she sees a list of actors and actresses that are and she's like wait that's me yeah representation people have so much trouble it seems like with the concept of bisexuality Mm -hmm. like even people who are affirming of gay and lesbian people can have so much trouble with the concept of bisexuality. I mean, even gay and lesbian people can have so much (laughs) trouble with the concept of bisexuality. And um, I really liked that Sloane provided that perspective. Uh, Reese. I keep calling him just random names. You just said Sloane, and I I didn't even correct you. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, that's correct. (laughs) in his comic drag. Uh, <laughs> this is a day for words. I liked that Reese um, provided that perspective rather than just being plain homophobic. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he clearly is also homophobic oh, yeah. and just knows it's bad for his brand exactly. to, to be homophobic. But I appreciated the the like very specific look at biphobia. Mm-hmm. There's actually this part... Um, where Charlie kind of remembers when she first told him that she's bisexual. She was actually with Char- uh, Taylor. And then Reese is like shitting on bisexual people. And Charlie's like, I'm bi. And then he's like, but you're with me. And then she's like, yes, but I'm still bi. And then he's like, well, how do you know you're bi if you haven't even, you've yeah. never even been with a girl? And then Taylor's like, how do you know you're straight? If, uh, no. What did she say? Yeah, she's like, how did you know you were straight before you had your yeah, first girlfriend? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. And he just shuts up. And it's like, Oh my god, their arguments make absolutely no sense. Yeah. And it's just like showing readers like how prevalent this issue is of biphobia. I see it everywhere. And it's like it's not addressed as much as it should be, I think. I think people assume that if you're bisexual, you kind of have like half hetero privilege. Mm. Like it sort of feels to me that people are like, okay, it's really important to stick up for homophobia. Because, like, if you're, like, gay or lesbian, you don't have a choice. But if you're bi, you know, you could just, like, look hetero Mm -hmm. and just, like, 
enjoy that privilege and like you don't have to make a big deal out of it mm-hmm. and I mean I know that's an attitude I've gotten from people when I come out to them they'll just be like but like your two most prominent relationships have been with men and it's like I have in fact dated girls it's just they were all secret relationships because of the like mm-hmm. community I was in in high school but people will be like like Oh, sure, biphobia is a problem, but it's kind of optional for you to be bi. You know, if you're bi, it's, it's, it's like, optional. And it's sort of like, what, what, uh, uh, mm-hmm. like no. Oh, God. <laughs> right, because we just, like, choose not to be attracted to people. That's a thing you can do. Yeah. So I really appreciated having it really established, mm-hmm. like, unapologetically, just like, Charlie likes men, Charlie likes women. That's it. Yeah that it exists people are like this um especially as somebody who does like occasionally feel like maybe I should just pick a side as it were you know like quote unquote like maybe I should just decide that I'm straight or that Mm -hmm. I'm lesbian and stop trying to be I don't know indecisive but it's like being bisexual is not being Being indecisive. indecisive it's really not also I feel like the author kind of shows you how it's not as simple as like a choice i mean her attraction to Alyssa goes way beyond physical it's also mental and emotional the way it would have been between two straight characters you know what i mean it's like it's not something you question yeah and it's not something that you're choosing to feel it's literally how you feel yeah it's like oh are you supposed to just like decide it was she supposed to just like be like oh i'm powerfully attracted to this person but since i've ever dated a man yeah i'd better just haha not and i mean i'm saying that really facetiously i know there are a lot of people who do live that way because Mm. they've been forced into a closet by whatever um culture society family they're in that is a really that is what i did for years like that is a really real part of being bisexual is that sometimes it's um much easier to kind of get forced into the closet and stay in the closet and justify the closet Mm. i know uh suicide rates are much higher among bisexual people in the lgbtq umbrella i think not than trans (laughs) like because if we're talking about uh, yeah who's disadvantaged (laughs) um but like bisexual people have higher rates of mental illness and suicide than um lesbian and gay people because i think biphobia is just so friggin prevalent Mm -hmm. and also like i did really want to read a book about a bisexual guy um and what it came down to was just availability of books that's how we ended up with this one instead of like seeking out one about a a bisexual guy Uh, i am gonna try to highlight some of those um on the instagram story this week because i think it is actually worse for bisexual men than for bisexual women. I don't know why, but I think there is a greater acceptance of bisexual women than there is of bisexual men. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably theorize, but I don't really have a theory off the top of my head. It's just kind of what I've observed. Mm-hmm. observed that it's like... Well, what I've noticed yeah. is that when a girl is with a girl and they're like both conventionally attractive it's like considered hot and whatever all of that by the general population Mm -hmm. but when it's two guys together no matter what they look like they're considered unmasculine yeah 
and you know from there it goes on and on and on and there's no positivity found within that yeah i think it really comes from a sort of like scared toxic masculinity yeah, homophobia sure. because it's like oh if a guy has ever done anything with another guy or like had a crush on another guy he's gay it's like strips him of his quote-unquote masculinity and masculinity is yeah. analogous with heterosexuality exactly. right yeah. so it's like oh if he's done anything even a little bit gay then like he can't also be into women because i'm into women and he needs to be not like me mm. um and i know that there's also an element of it from the gay community i just know less about it so mm-hmm. i don't really want to like <laughs> talk about it that much because i haven't seen it as much mm-hmm. but i i do know that there's also like elements like people in the gay community who will be like oh you're not bisexual you just like haven't been with the right man yet mm-hmm. and that's just like it's just icky i think it's worse for bisexual men because of toxic masculinity yeah yeah like they probably i can't even imagine like yeah it must be hard because not only it's like forces against you within your own self or whatever it is but like literally the whole world almost especially western society yeah where it's still heavily like scrutinized and judged i think yeah yeah absolutely overall i think that the book really did bring up the question of like homophobia and biophobia and like all of these different types of you know discrimination uh what am i saying (laughs) prejudices yeah uh that we hold and i was really glad to read a book like that um for some reason i didn't think that it would be as deep as that because when i first started reading it it was very light and fluffy yeah uh overall it was pretty fluffy like it wasn't it wasn't anything like serious like crazy serious like a death or something like that that i'm used to in YA. i think we've been doing some heavy stuff this year (laughs) heavy stuff (laughs) we meant to do a fluffy summer and then we just kind of like read. i know right (laughs) um but i was so glad to read this book because it brought up so many important issues and i especially really loved um taylor's character yeah especially with her dealing of fat phobia yeah so there's this part where she's wearing her costume her comic drag (laughs) and uh someone behind her is like um so she's trying to be queen firestone so the person behind her is like more like queen fatstone and she like rushes to the bathroom and wants to cry and she's feeling so much pain but she channels channels all of that into her writing yeah so she writes a post on tumblr and she's like like um addressing the person who said that but it's not like like it wasn't super aggressive and like harsh and you know just like she could have easily just been like you're ugly and all of that stuff you know but instead she chose to be like i don't mind being fat like to me fat is not a bad word to you it might be but to me it's not it's just my body type whatever it is overweight curvy fat chubby like i'm good with it that's your own problem uh, I just hope you stop spreading that type of negativity because it doesn't feel that great. And maybe yeah. I just hope you don't ever experience it. Yeah. Like she took the higher road. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because if it was me, I would have turned around and been like, I'm going to kill you yeah. <laughs> in public and I will get arrested. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I really respected her for that. It wasn't uh, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very happy to see like like fat positivity 
body positivity. Yeah. I was like, thank the Lord. Like, this book was very, very different in comparison to, like, the books I read in the past where the character was a bit chubbier. Yeah. Because, like, their life sucked. They were fat. Well, and it's like, and it, like, reminds you every other page. By the way, this character is fat. This character is fat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, over here, I totally didn't even think about that because, as Taylor says, she is more than her body. Yeah. She's not just her body. Like, she's, she's something more than that. And I really love that angle. I wish I saw more of it growing up in books. Because I think in YA books, often, if the character was overweight, I would often read books where, like, the character hated their life yeah. because of that sole fact. Or they had literally no self-confidence because of that sole fact. And or they I had guess, to lose weight and then yeah, everything was And great. then they would find yeah. a guy, you know? Yeah. But with this, she's... It was not like that. She's chubby. She finds a guy. I mean, she's always had him. Yeah. And she, like, you're not even reminded of her being overweight on every single page. Yeah. Like, it, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Um, And I like that. I like that it was very, like, it's just a part of who she is. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because, like, fat positivity has existed, like, since the sexual revolution. Fat positivity meetings and, like, advocacy started in the 60s. But it just, it's taken this long Mm -hmm. to get into, like, youth culture. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really just baffling to me that fat positivity has been somehow so much more of a cultural taboo than the sex positivity, the LGBTQ affirmation, um, the other elements that came out of the sexual revolution it's it's baffling to me mm. that the one thing that has taken this long to start getting into popular conversation and YA lit and TV and stuff like that is being fat. Because, like, you know, there are straight white fat people. <laughs> like, it's just, I think about it and it doesn't make sense to me, but it's been... Um, so thoroughly suppressed Mm. yeah it's so true i need to see more like fat positivity yeah and i'm really happy we saw that in this book Mm -hmm. hoping that there's more books like that out there there are certainly some well we read dumpling um uh before you were on the show Mm. which is a a fat positive pageant book that's really fun there are more and more but um it it still doesn't like super exist. Yeah. I did also really appreciate that the character who dresses in kind of androgynous clothes and has a short undercut and is kind of chubby was not the bisexual character. Yeah. I loved that. I love that Charlie is like more femme and more like mm-hmm. conventionally pretty and she is the queer one. Yeah. And uh Taylor just is a straight girl who likes to wear yeah. comfy, more androgynous clothes and have short hair. Yeah. There's a, there's even a part where um, she's kind of... Uh, so she kisses Jamie for the first time and she just gets really anxious and worried and stressed about their future together, but also about how she has no experience uh, mm-hmm. in dating, but he does. Mm-hmm. So she's like kind of closing in on herself and Charlie goes and tries to comfort her and... So Taylor starts talking about how, like, she's not, like, your basic girl. Like, she doesn't like wearing makeup. She wears clothes from the guy section. Like, all of these things, you know. And Charlie's like, okay, but, like, 
you don't it's not like that anymore like you're not you don't it's not just like this one thing that you have to be a girl could be anything you could be anything and still identify as a girl and i thought that was really really powerful to see i don't think i've read a book that was so blunt in the sense that it kind of dismantled almost this whole like idea that you have to be a certain way to be a girl like this was it was just so clear it was blatant and i was like yes there it is the other thing i really appreciated about it was that it didn't rely on cliches Mm. it didn't like sometimes i've read books that have this but what they have is like a lull soundbite that's like clearly something you lift off a meme on instagram and this didn't have any of that it Mm -hmm. was just like people having honest conversations with each other it didn't feel gimmicky Mm -mm. definitely like these were conversations i've had with my friends and it all felt very genuine even the love stories absolutely um, especially like the love story between jamie and taylor Mm -hmm. i absolutely adore them they are so cute such a healthy like relationship based on friendship and like mutual respect and i especially love this one part where taylor was kind of panicking about something and then jamie was trying to calm her down and then he was like he said something along the lines of like how he kind of hates everybody and thinks the world is garbage but then he'll like see that he'll see taylor and then he's like the world can't be that bad if there's someone like you in it yeah i was like oh my god the flutters are beginning yeah. <laughs> like that's so lovely yeah. and i think overall I really think, um, yeah, I was I was kind of worried that there was going to be like a, a love triangle or like some jealousy that would spark the the interest like they have within with each other, but it really wasn't like that. It was just two friends too shy to do anything yeah. about it. <laughs> I loved how it was so clear from the beginning that Jamie was into yeah. her, like just like written on the mm-hmm. wall, and she's still just like, oh no, does he could never, he could never, because like I relate to that so hard. That is how I start every single relationship. Mm-hmm. Is like, just like, wow, this person sure is acting like they like me a lot. <laughs> wow, this person's checking me out. What do I have on my foot? Like. <laughs> This person really acts flirty with people they are absolutely only platonically interested in, like me. I related to it so very hard. I do feel like Charlie had it a bit with Alyssa, too, but Alyssa was just so blunt from the get-go. Alyssa Alyssa literally was like, wink, wink, flirt, flirt, come to my hotel room. Yeah. (laughs) Alyssa was just like, I am interested in you, not as a friend. Yes. Um, and, and like the amazing thing with Jamie and Taylor too is that Taylor talks about the like not date they had where it's really obvious that Jamie tried to ask her out and was. she got super awkward yes. and kind of just shot the date in the foot. And then she's like, that's just a sign that we can never be together. But Jamie has clearly always been in love with her yeah. since that. And like that did not make him stop being in love with her. It just made him think she wasn't interested in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Also, I really liked how he was really understanding. Yeah. Like she freaks out a lot and she has a lot of anxiety. And I think that sometimes it could be overwhelming for the other person. Mm -hmm. But with him, he if he did take time away from her, it was for her own good. Like it wasn't like it kind of made you feel like like anxious people can be in love, too, and like have healthy relationships. You know, they deserve it, too. Yeah. Um, And it's possible yeah <laughs> i mean they just have a really healthy friend yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah. it's uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when i see, like think about them is like healthy <laughs> yeah for like two 18 year olds they have their shit together in yeah. that in that department i was kind of like whoa <laughs> yeah. um but i also really loved how 
like she's really freaking out about their future not only as a couple but as a friend yeah and there's a part where she says um for somebody who already has such a hard time making friends the last thing she'll do is like tell the person she's in love with that she loves them only to lose them as a friend and i thought that was kind of like really sad you know that she had to stop herself from like living her best life almost just because of this um but when they do kiss and when those things start coming up she kind of freaks out about their future together where is she gonna be where is he gonna be will they be friends and she kind of like isolates herself from him for a bit and like she even calls herself stupid for doing all of that she's like why am i thinking about these things like why can't i just focus on the present and it's like same like ah that's the worst when you start like thinking about things that haven't even happened and creating these scenarios in your head that aren't even real yeah but instead of like invalidating that and making her feel like she's like quote unquote crazy or something like that like jamie's super understanding so is charlie and i was just like this is so wholesome and pure yeah absolutely (laughs) so nice to have friends like that genuinely understand every bit of you yeah it was lovely yeah it's a really good book it really is i i i liked what you were saying before about how it's fluffy but has a lot and that's exactly what i want Mm. from a book yes you know i want representation and i want fluff and i want them together and there's no reason why you can't have them together yeah um and that's what i really love about it i also kind of like this might be a stretch, but I feel like the book itself is bisexual because it features like these two relationships. And, oh, like, I see your point. One is a guy and a girl, and one is two girls. That is so wow. <laughs> wow. You know what? That's true. It's like a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, but how do you even think about this stuff? <laughs> your mind. I have a lot of time on my your hands. mind. Um. Anyway, I really appreciated this book. Me it's, too. It's Queens of Geek by Jen Wilde. It's really fun. It's It engages with important stuff. It's really cute. It's really like of the times, you know? It's got like the fandom thing oh, and yeah. the con thing and like and the like, cosplay thing. Yeah, and social and, media too. Like yeah. It's on like cringe social media where yeah. like an old person wrote about it. It yeah. was literally like they're eating and then he takes a snapchat and then you yeah. know like i was like oh my god that's very like normal <laughs> somebody who understands how social yes. media weaves into your everyday mm-hmm. yeah yeah i really really like it yeah and i think you should read it i think that anybody who picks up this book will find something that they relate to i asked my library to order it great yeah. good job thanks for listening to yeah if you want to leave feedback suggest a book for us to read or just say hi send us an email at the yeah podcast at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at YaPodcast and individually at Sanya Malik X. I'm at Teverbear. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash YaPodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Chantal Thomas, Erica Stitchberry, Kat McGuire, Catherine Resch, and Lizzie Tenhove. We love you. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend, maybe a friend who really likes cosplay. Comic drag. Comic drag. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song, Jenny's Groove, as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. 
This episode was produced by Tafria Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upwardnetwork.com. Hey everybody, we are the Don't Be Mad podcast, partners of the Upford Network. My name is Matthew and I'm joined here as always with... Jason. Jamali. We cover everything from politics, sports, and pop culture. And you can catch us every Monday on all podcast platforms and you can watch our videos on YouTube. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're the host of The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. It's a podcast where we're going to talk about, well, sports. Specifically, what we do look at is what makes an athlete be the best that they can be. So not only do we talk to some athletes, but we talk to the people behind the athletes, from trainers to sports psychologists, you name it, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about other issues revolving sports as well, hot button issues like concussions, maybe doping. Give us a listen. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.